We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind of My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma joins me. It's been a minute. Martin been on vacation. We had Thanksgiving. We had stuff. But we're back with you here today on this first day of December. Uh, welcome to the uh, holiday season. Hope you everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully you're uh, getting set for... Uh, Christmas, the other holidays, I guess Hanukkah, New Year's, there's just a lot going on. December, a lot of holidays, so holiday season. Hope everybody's having a great one. Martin, how are you? Man, I'm 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 reasonably well, Neil. We uh I've had a lot going on the last two weeks, man, with Thanksgiving, Bell and I were on a trip and then we moved into our new office space. So um this is our first uh show from from the new office, man. Yeah, I know. New uh new back backdrop behind you. I can see I see different yeah. stuff ago when you had the different shot i could see sort of are y'all in see madison? everything are you in madison <laughs> um so our the office is in, is in ridgeland at the butler snow building Guess what? um we're on the sixth floor so we have a and and if you've ever seen the building it's glass all on the outside of the building so there's a lot of natural light that flows in man i have every every spot in the office has a really good a nice view lots of natural light it's really it's really cool we are uh Man, we are, we're waiting on, we've got a couple of pieces of furniture we're still waiting on to get here. So uh, we are not completely moved in yet. Our signage probably won't be up until uh, January because of fabric, they've got, they got to fabricate it. But uh, anyway, man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy about it. You know, I got to figure out, we've had some tech issues, uh, you know, moving in. So um, that's one thing I'm still struggling with. Yeah. Well, it looks good. So. I'm sure I appreciate to... you, man. Okay. We'll do an open house probably first quarter sometime. Okay. You'll have to come down. Love to. Um, if it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's we'll, we'll not stay incredibly long today. Martin's got stuff going on. I do too. But we want to get to a few things. Let me ask you this because this affects me and 
I've talked about it. So end of the year, people kind of get into a little almost panic. Like I got the call from my accountant that it's a call that you like getting. And then at the, on the other hand, it's like, ooh. So, you know, I do quarterly tax, right? Estimated quarterly tax. And then I do monthly tax. Yep. I mean, I, yep. the government despises, I've learned, this This government despises small business. They don't like you. They would prefer that you be dependent on either government or, or a corporation. That's my opinion. I think the tax code bears that out. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, she said, hey, um, you did better this year. And I was like, that's great. Obviously, you want to do better. <laughs> that's right. I'd like to make even more money next year. That's the goal. That being said, it's like, hey, uh, your tax burden is going to be a little higher. This might be a good time if you're thinking about doing something to go ahead and do it. Yep. Like, okay, well, we've been talking about renovating the Clark Ford Studios and changing some things, updating equipment, updating our sound. Um, you know, in the last three years, obviously our shift to video has, has, um, been pretty drastic and it's something that we're, we're probably going to continue to embrace and we need to do it better. And we're doing more podcasts and we need them to sound good. And, 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 uh, all of those things as there's more competition in our space. And yet that was something that I was probably going to do in the summer when it made sense because it's slow, you know, you can take a week off in the summer and nobody really cares. Um, yeah. Take a week off in December. And at the time when I was talking, you know, when she made this call, I didn't know whether Ole Miss would be breaking in a new coaching staff, uh, whether Lane Kiffin would be in Auburn. I didn't know. Right. I mean, I, I just didn't know. And so it was like, well, maybe. And so we've pulled the trigger on it. I've, I've authorized it. You know, we're doing major studio stuff here in my house, moving stuff around, uh, new equipment, new cameras, going to have a new look. It's going to look better. I think I hired professionals to do it because I have uh, thrown this together with, with uh shoestring and duct tape. And, and uh, it shows sometimes that we're not particularly professional, but you know, my excuse for that's a good one. I think when we started this, I had no idea we would be doing this much video and stuff. And yeah, so, for sure. I wasn't prepared to go, Hey, well, here's $20,000. Let's invest in something that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, although by the time it was over, I probably had, I, I probably did invest all in all like 11, 12,000 on the current setup that we have right now. Um, anyway, so I made that expense so that I can write it off on taxes and reduce my, uh, my tax burden. Because frankly, if I'm going to write that check, one way or the other, I'd rather write it for something I can benefit from than write it to the government to just go into some, I don't know, fund the Ukraine army fund or whatever that we're doing. Um, Correct. I'm assuming that I'm not alone in this. This is something you're dealing with with a lot of your clients. Yeah, you know, and and for business owners, business owners have more opportunities Um you know, to do, to do things like make purchases of equipment or, you know, invest back into their business that, that, that helps with the taxable, uh, you are the tax issue at, you know, at year end, but like individuals, people who are, you know, W2 income, um, you know, they don't own their business. They, they're, they're an employee. It's, it is a little bit different because they, they certainly don't have those opportunities or as many of those opportunities as business owners do. I mean, there's always, uh, you know, charitable gifting that you can do. 
you know, at year end to, to drop, um, you know, your tax uh, liabilities or your tax burdens. Uh, and then, you know, in years like this year uh, with where markets have kind of been in turmoil, there's, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to do it for clients, but there's, you know, there's things you can do in your investment portfolio if it's not an IRA. So if it's a, you know, a taxable account, you can do uh, something that that's called tax loss harvesting. Um, and that's essentially what we do is, you know, we take uh, like, you know, in a, in a, let's just say I'm going to make n- numbers up. Let's just say in a, you know, a diversified portfolio, you have, uh, you know, 25 different mutual fund positions. And, you know, let's just say that 20 of them had losses this year because most everything had losses, stocks and bonds. Uh, you know, you can sell the the losses and generate a loss and then and then flip you know instead of just just sitting in cash you put it into a uh that it's a different enough um you know investment so it's a you know a different fund company or you know a slightly different uh you know different strategy uh that you can keep your your funds invested but but generate those losses to offset uh you know gains in your taxes and if they're long term, those can set off, you know, offset long term gains. Uh, but if they're short term, those actually can be used, um, you know, uh, against your income. So you know, there are. It's not, you know, I guess it's it's kind of awful. It, it feels awful to say it's like in a year where, you, you know, we couldn't produce positive returns for our clients. The best thing we can do is produce some quote positive returns in a tax situation for our clients. So, you know, like most folks, if they have an advisor, their advisor is probably doing it. If they're not sure, maybe they can ask their advisor, like, Hey, do I have the opportunity to tax loss harvest? And then most times they like, we do it without asking our clients for their permission. Cause it's a, you know, that's just something we, it's the right thing to do for clients. But if you don't have an advisor and you're doing it on your own, you know, you're going to have to do it uh, on your own. And you got to figure out, uh, you know, which, which investment you're going to swap into. And there's one more caveat is that um, like if you sell, let's just say we had, I'll give you an example. Let's say you had the Vanguard, you know, uh, Vanguard fund in your account and it was the, you know, U S stocks and uh, you sell it and you have a loss um, you and you replace it with a, let's say it's a ETF, you know, a, I don't know the SPY ETF. You have to, you have to, you cannot buy back in the Vanguard within 31 days or the IRS cancels out that transaction. So what you want to do is make sure like if you sold today, December 1st, you know, don't buy back into the Vanguard before, you know, January 2nd, January 3rd. So you don't negate the, you know, the loss you were trying to harvest. So, uh, you know, if you're doing it yourself, it's, it can be done. It's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, quote unquote rocket science to it, but just know the, uh, you know, don't get yourself in trouble. Make sure you don't buy back in within 31 days. And then you can flop back into swap back into your preferred investment after that. Hey, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but I'm curious, this has been a big topic. I've been kind of out of the loop for a while, but working on other stuff and then kind of recovering from that work. If I'm telling the truth, um, this collapse of, uh, of FTX, FTX, yeah. Uh, senators, it's crazy. Man. Uh, senators are saying they, they, you know, they need to regulate 
cryptocurrency and, and that kind of thing in, in the wake of this. What are your thoughts on how this story is going to impact the future of, of cryptocurrencies? Yeah. I mean, and you know, and even on the show, I've, I've, I've told you guys, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of crypto and the technology. And, and I mean, I, I do, I'm a fan of the currency, but I'm an even bigger fan of the blockchain technology. I think the blockchain technology is, uh, you know, is going to be, it's, I mean, it's, it'll be like, you know, the internet of the nineties. I don't know how it's going to have the impact. Like I, I can't see into the future exactly how the impact is going to be, but I know it's, it is going to have an impact. But, you know, circling back to F, uh, you know, to the FTX thing, uh, dude, Sam, um, you know, Sam Bank Friedman or Sam Bankman Freed uh, is, is, is going to be in a, in deep shit, if we can just be totally honest, because, yeah. you know, he's trying to play the, the dumb, you know, I didn't realize what was going on. And that just, that just cannot be true at all. I mean, it's, it's almost reminiscent of the, you know, and this is close to home for Mississippians, but um, you know, the Bernie ever stuff with WorldCom, like where he was like, man, I had no idea that we were cooking the books. Um, he, he had to know that they were cooking the books. And, and then also it's not just a one man deal. I think there's going to be several people prosecuted, you know, in this whole thing. And, you know, do I think there needs to be um, oversight and regulation of, you know, of the crypto world? Uh, I mean, obviously for protection of, of consumers, you know, it needs to be. And, and you just knew that there was going to be something crazy happening in, in the wild, wild west, you know, when it's unregulated. Um, and I don't think that I think there's regulation in positive ways. Like, you know, you think about seatbelts and vehicles, you know, the government comes in and says, hey, you know, if you're if you're riding in a vehicle, you need to wear a seatbelt. It's not because we're being jerks. It's because it's you know, it's going to keep you alive. It's a better chance of keeping you alive in an accident than than not. And uh, and I think that, you know, regulation in, in the in the financial industry is the same boat, man. I mean, even you go back to 2008, you know, uh, the regulations tightened up on banks on their lending requirements. And that's a good thing. Um, you know, there can be overregulation that uh, that doesn't make sense. And there is a lot of that, <laughs> you know, in our world, too. But, you know, I think that uh, I think regulation is coming to the world of crypto, um, you know, and I think the FTX was the, you know, was the, was the, the piece that tipped it in, um, you know, to where the government's going to step in and say, Hey, if you want to operate inside the U S borders, you're going to follow these rules. And if you're not going to follow those rules and you're not going to operate inside the U S borders. Now I know there's a bunch of purists that'll probably push back and say, well, you know, crypto is supposed to be decentralized and, you know, not have oversight and, you know, self, regulation but uh you know truth be told there's this is not the first story of crypto being used in inappropriate manners uh or things happening that's related to to crypto so i think this is kind of the beginning of of the regulation era of of cryptocurrencies and you know a lot of the shit coins probably need to be regulated because you know we've had a couple of blow-ups in the last year in uh in crypto it's not just the the ftx stuff there theirs is just a whole different level of criminal um you know than like the stable coins and things like that uh, it is going to be interesting man i i think i think uh you know he was a young dude 
Um, but dude, he's educated in America's best colleges. Uh, he had great experience leading up to, you know, uh, to his, to his hedge fund and then to FTX and, uh, to him, for him to be able to say, Oh, you know, I didn't know this was going on. I'm, I was the, you know, I've been hoodwinked. I don't buy that at all. He's going to give you the all shucks, um, you know, persona. And he, and he seems like a pretty nice dude, but that's, that's all going to be play. He's a, he knew what was going on. There's no way for him to not go, not know. Oh, he absolutely knew. He's being protected right now. I mean, this. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, the markets are kind of everywhere a little bit. Like one day they're up. <laughs> yeah. um, stocks fell. I'm, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Stocks fell as investors weighed signs of cooling inflation against fears of how a recession could drag down corporate earnings. Financial stocks led the S and P. Yeah. Lower on Thursdays, the index fell three tenths of a percent. Investors cited concerns that banks might set aside more funds to cover potential credit losses, um, a move that cuts into their profits. The Dow fell uh, almost a point, nine tenths of a point, while the tech heavy NASDAQ composite index slipped one tenth of a point. It was a turnaround from Wednesday when Federal Reserve Chair uh, Jerome Powell's comments suggested the central bank will slow the pace of rate increases at its meeting this month, and that fueled a rally in stocks and bonds. Investors sent the Dow Industrials up more than 700 points on Wednesday into a new, into a new bull market or an increase of 20% from a recent low. All three major U.S. Yep. ended November higher, their second consecutive month of gains. So it's just kind of it's a, a real mixed bag of stuff right there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, and man, if you look at the quarter, the quarter has been uh, the quarter has been really good, you know, for stocks. Um, the quarter has been, you know, even good for for bonds too, man. Um, uh, but you know, it's still it's still going to be noisy for for a little while. Uh, I think the Fed, you know, is going to continue to raise rates um, probably through you know January, maybe February. I think it'll slow down. I think they're going to pause after that. And uh, you know, the 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 encouraging news for investors is, you know, Jay Powell came out and said, you know, in his meeting yesterday that uh, that they would be hiking at a, at a lower rate and, you know, and kind of inflation rolled over, um, you know, last month. And, and I think it'll continue to roll over because it's just going to, I mean, inflation is still there. I'm not saying that, you know, that this thing is going back to two, two and a half percent, but it's just not our, we're getting lower, um, you know, lower numbers each month. So it's just rolling over a little bit, which is encouraging for, um, you know, for, for stock investors. Now, the piece of that, that, you know, you said that can cause a little bit of hiccups is the, you know, if we have a recession, um, we, you know, what are, what does a recession look like for corporate earnings and, and corporations? And, you know, the thing that you've seen so far, um, you know, cause corporate, corporate earnings have still continued to look good for the most part. Now there's pockets where it doesn't, but for the most part, corporate earnings have looked good, but that's because people have been able to, you know, uh, increase the prices of what they're selling. But at some point you've got to have volume like sales volume or, you know, uh, quantity volume of things you're moving because work because companies are not going to be able to just continue to hike prices up to make sure that their profit margins stay the same. And I think you'll see a little, you've seen a little bit of cooling off in the, in the, um, you know, in the labor market in the last month too. So all those things are kind of leading up to, you know, a fed pause. I don't think the fed is going to, is going to pivot, but a fed pause will be good for stocks. Stocks are forward looking. Um, And that's, you know, a lot of times people, the stuff that's said today is, you know, it does impact markets a little bit in the movements of it, but really when analysts or investors are looking at, you know, at, at stocks to purchase, they're looking at, the future revenue or future growth, you know, of the stocks. Now bonds are a little bit different. Um, we won't get into the, all the details of that because it's just straight up math. Uh, the bond market actually looks really, really good right now. I bet you, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going full into the bond bond market yet. Um, I'm going to wait till the fed has paused, which, you know, like I said, probably is going to be first quarter next year. And then I'll load the boat with bonds because that like right now I can get a corporate bond portfolio five five and a half six percent interest um which is great uh, i hadn't been able to get that in you know pre-2008 in bonds and you know in relatively safe uh investment grade bonds and then you know if uh worst case scenario is we do hit the skids and the fed says hey we overdid it now we need to drop interest rates to help stimulate the economy again you know it's just like the seesaw you know, when, uh, when interest rates were going up, bond prices were going down. Well, if interest rates start going down, bond prices are going to go up. 
So I'll be able to collect five and a half, six percent interest and my bonds might increase. Well, you know, I'll take that all day long. So yeah. it's becoming really attractive for bonds. Stocks, you know, I still I'm not gonna be overweight stocks. I'm gonna probably be equal weight right now. Um, you know, in the portfolio. I'm not gonna go underweight on them yet. Uh, because it still needs the verdict is still out on, you know, whether we need to underweight stocks, you know, for the next year. But I don't think we'll see any drastic changes in 23 i could be could be wrong though man i mean hell i was wrong this year i mean i was right about interest rate movements i was wrong about stocks when you say you don't see any drastic changes you think 23 is kind of mirrors 22 uh no i think sorry i'm good question i think i think 23 is going to be uh relatively calm in the stock in the stock realm i don't know i don't think there's going to be these huge gains in 23 in stocks, I just can't see the, the case for massive gains. Um, but I don't think there's going to be, I think the bloodletting is behind us. So I think stocks will probably be, you know, low single digit returns, maybe mid single digit returns in 23 and bonds will be, you know, mid to high single digit. It, it, I, I bet you in 23 that bonds outperform stocks. That'll be my, that can be our new year's bet. <laughs> I don't know enough to bet against you or, 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 or to agree with you. I just, interesting. You were, uh, you were right about interest rates though. You said last year that there would be a lot of, a lot of raises and, and that it was going to happen, that the fed was going to be aggressive and they were. Yeah. Well, and you know, we positioned our bond portfolio and our, our hedges at Pinnacle for our clients to take advantage of that. Um, you know, where the thing I just didn't see happening you know, when we were talking a year ago was uh, I had no idea that the Russia Ukraine conflict was going to, you know, set the beginning part of the year off in a, you know, in a frenzy in the stock market, uh, you know, and I knew interest rates would have some impact to stocks, but I didn't realize, um, you know, that it, I didn't realize the path that stocks were going to take this year. Uh, I would not have, if, and, it, and if you held a gun to my head, I would have told you, um, you know, stocks would probably be, slightly down, you know, maybe flat, maybe low single digits. And, uh, and I was wrong on the stocks. It's a good thing. I don't manage our stock portfolio. Reed does. I know things you can't, I manage the bonds and alts. things you can't control things you can't predict. Are you as a financial analyst watching the unrest in China and wondering how it might ultimately impact things here? Yeah, you know, it it is very reminiscent of, you know, late 2019, early 2020. With are you talking about like the zero COVID policy stuff, or are you talking about policy? But you know, there's like Taiwan stuff. Well, no, no, they're very clearly protesting. Going okay, on. the people are upset. The the China's uh, China is is instructing their tech companies to expand censorship of protests. They're, uh, you know, the, yes, the government clamp down. You have nationwide demonstrations that are erupting. Those people have been locked down for two years. They, they, they're losing their, what's happening is they're losing. Yeah. You just wonder how that impacts everything, right? If, if, I mean, you have, I, I don't know. I, you, yeah. I'm kind of, I guess what? Well, dude, if they don't go to work. I'm, well, here's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, I do wonder okay. if these protests, as they get to American shores, if some companies go, hey, we we can't 
continue to work with the Chinese the way that we have. It's such a bad look. And if that, you know, like, I, I don't even know what I'm, it's, it's complicated, right? And I'm trying not to be political because I know that the current administration is, is pretty tight with the Chinese. They're certainly, in, they're certainly either in bed with them or sort of held hostage by them. Yet American companies such as Apple are going to be pressured yeah. by their customers to, Hey, you, you can't do business over there with those people, the way that they're treating people. I mean, the video coming out of, of uh, the, the, Chinese police beating protesters is, is is pretty rough look. If you saw that on the streets in America, uh, there would be serious repercussions. Yeah, and you know, well, and I guess the and this may be a stretch, and and, and actually, this is probably a little bit more of your area of of expertise, but but it's fascinating to me. But you may have a lot more color. Than I have, because I think the last time there was something major like this, major protests where Chinese government really screwed the pooch was, you know, all the Tiananmen Square um, stuff. And 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 I believe that was also and it may be coincidental, but uh, like on the heels of uh, one of their, quote unquote, beloved politicians, you know, dying. Um, and then, you know, they've had uh, they've had they've had another. I guess Chinese politician and not Kim Jong. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. I almost went North Korea, not president Xi. <laughs> wow. That was a Freudian slip, dude. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I, and they've had a, they've had a politician and I'm totally drawing a blank right now, uh, that passed in, in, you know, in the recent, uh, recent days or weeks. And, and it may just be coincidental and it may not turn into a, you know, the, the massacres that happened in, what was that? Was that the eighties or nineties? Eighties, uh, wasn't it? Tiananmen Square? Eighties. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. I think it was the eighties. Um, but there is a lot of similarities to kind of the, uh, the, 19, what it looks like environment wise right now. 1989 when that happened. 89. Okay. You know, and that could have, I mean, let's just say, let's just say there, let's say this thing escalated. There was, you know, massive protests, people not going to work. Um, you know, there were, um, you know, government, you know, slaying people in the streets, murdering people in the streets, or protesters in the streets. Uh, I think there is a lot of pressure at that point on American companies that do business in China when, and the consumers might fight them with their checkbooks and say, Hey, uh, we're not going to support you. If, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, I guess, turn a blind eye or turn your cheeks and, and, you know, and, and, and support or keep business in, you know, in a country like this, uh, you know, and I know there's been with speaking with Apple, you know, there was a shutdown in their camp, their manufacturing camp, uh, because of a couple of people got COVID and they shut and the Chinese government shut the whole thing down. Yeah. And so now there's going to be delays with Apple, the iPhone 14, uh, you know, and I think China is a wild, is a wild card, man. And if I was a, if I was a manufacturing firm and most of my stuff was in China, I, I would, I don't know, man. I just imagined I would have already been trying to figure out an alternate route, you know, back from what we experienced the beginning of end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Cause the ripples, you know, that was what started all the supply chain gut glut was the China shutdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what caused 
it's what caused so much of our the economic situation that we're in now. Um, two years, two and a half years since the the start of the pandemic, which I still have a strike on our YouTube page for saying the words "the pandemic is over." You're, you're you're apparently not allowed to say that. So, hey, YouTube, I didn't say it. I just was repeating something I've already said. You've already hit me once. <laughs> what do you mean you have a strike? Like they yeah, they threatened to put you in in YouTube jail or? Yeah. So what they do? I'll, I'll read it to you. I'll go to my page. Um, let's see if I can find it. Oh, maybe they took it down. No, I don't think so. Let me let me, let me see. Uh, go to YouTube Studio. Maybe that's where it is. Yeah, we got a we got an active community guideline warning strike. My content on December sixteenth, twenty twenty one, the Oxford Exxon podcast, and again, YouTube, listen. Uh, it the the headline was the pandemic is over. Now what? And I can't remember what we were talking about, but that headline really upset the people at YouTube. So the content was removed due to a violation of, of their community guidelines. And because it was our first time, our account wasn't affected. But you're only warned once, and this warning will remain on your channel. If it happens again, your channel will get a community guideline strike, and you won't be able to do things like upload, post, or live stream for one week. And so I'm always tempted to hit the review button and go, well, I was right. Why don't we reverse course here? <laughs> you know you're going to get some crazy when you do that, and they'll like, start looking into you and find, yeah, finding reasons to hit you with two, three, four strikes. Yeah, and then they'll just say, all right, we're going to take your YouTube page down. And Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We're going to censor you. Well, they have a level of control that – I mean, although, you know, you did see Twitter stand up, the new Twitter, Elon Musk stood up to Apple when Apple was threatening to take Twitter off the uh, off the app store. And it was like, hey, we're not backing down. Just interesting. Huh. I mean, dude, that's a. Uh, uh, and I mean, I guess that isn't that another issue that the Chinese with the Chinese government is censorship. I lost you there for a second. I mean, and Your here's Wi-Fi. YouTube saying the same thing. Your Wi-Fi snapped for a minute. What, tell me that again. Yeah, my Wi-Fi may have gotten. You're okay. I just lost you for a second. Yeah, I was just saying it was uh, with the uh, YouTube, you know, censoring. I mean, I, I know it's not Apple's. It's not apples to orange. I mean, not apples to apples, but that's a lot of the protests from China is, uh, is you know, censorship. Yeah. And so if you can't say what you think on YouTube, I mean, that's, I mean, they're essentially censoring as well. So, well, I mean, they're not threatening your life with it, but the most downloaded app in China, uh, last week was Twitter. Uh, they're using Twitter and Facebook trying to get around it to send vi- uh, visuals of the protest. And of course, the Chinese government does not want those protests seen in, our country for obvious reasons. And uh, yeah, young people there, the it's, it's, it's where you start to wonder if, if we could have a repeat of what happened at Tiananmen Square is the young people are, are protesting. They're concerned about economics. They've been locked up for two and a half years. You, you lock people up for two and a half years and they, there's going to be unrest. 
And I mean, can you imagine in our country? Yeah. I mean, we were still. Shit, I'd, have, I'd have been on arrest long before two and a half years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, just, it, it would just be incredible. So, um, Anything else you want to get to? I know you got a meeting to get to, and uh, obviously we'll be back when we come back next week. Martin will have will have had a lot more time at his office to get everything set up. We, uh, we threw this one together a little bit because we hadn't had a podcast. <laughs> yes, but uh, they'll have they'll have things more uh, more streamlined and rolling. And you know what? By this time next week, well, I guess this time next week we'll be wrapping up our time in this Clark Ford studio. The Clark Ford studio is moving in a couple of weeks, so it won't be long. So we have completely different. Awesome. Lives. Together, yeah. Sweet, dude. Well, maybe. So I did invest into a little bit of a little bit of camera, like a like a four K yeah. camera. Uh, I tried to get it all hooked up today, but anyway, yeah, I'll have uh, my studio will look different too. They won't look as cool as yours. Well, we'll see. Mine's uh, mine. Hopefully, mine will look really cool. I, I, the, the the guys that are doing it, uh, Isaac and Landon, are terrific. So I have full confidence that they're going to make it make it uh really look good compared to what it looks like now which is not great but if you could see the setup in here and realize how cramped and small and all the wires and stuff it's really remarkable we've achieved what we've achieved in uh, from a video standpoint just in a short period of time because it was speaking of pandemic it was the pandemic that kind of forced us to go okay well we got to do something so we started moving things around. I am looking forward. You have no idea because I'm kind of a neat freak. I'm looking forward to not having so many wires. I think, uh, I think we've lost. Well, and maybe I'll get half of your level of capacity and uh, put some of our stuff on video as well. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That's what we'll do with, uh, with mine and my money. All right. Your, your, your YouTube is, uh, is getting a little spotty. Your your Wi-Fi is. Hey, real quick, uh, can the U.S. beat the Netherlands on Saturday? Uh, if there's a year that it could happen, it'll be this one. I don't think it could happen any other year, but that's a that's a still a tall order. So I just saw Belgium got eliminated, which was which is crazy. So yeah, World Cup has been fun to watch this year. It has been. It's been a lot of fun. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up there, Martin. I uh, get going to your meeting. Appreciate you very much. Indeed, man. MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. We'll be back with another edition of Mind of My Money next week. Until then, uh, have a safe weekend. Take care. Talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.